Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey No Chill Prano. Hello, Andy. I almost wanted to call you Joey No Chill Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow is the you know he's the new No Chill. He's the he's the new Joey No Chill. You know, there's, there's a, I'm sure you're aware of this. There's a nice line of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks named Joe. I'm aware. Yeah. Is, is that the most of all the people who've won, of all the Super Bowls, the QB who won is Joe the most popular name? It's got to be. So Montana's got four. Yeah. Get name. I mean, I mean, sh- for sure, if you're counting, you know, total titles, it's got to be. I mean, right. Montana's got four. And then you got, but and if you count them all, Flacco's got one, Namus got one. So are we at six of the fifty-six? Theisman, Joe Theisman, right? Good. He won. He won one. He did. So that's seven. Yeah. I, I bet nobody comes close to Joe. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, well, Tom Brady. <laughs> God damn it, Tom Brady's got seven right there. Tom Brady and Tom. Uh, you know, is there another Tom? I don't know. That's a good question. That would be a, a dork little deep dive for you, Tyler, if you're listening to this. I'm sure that's one that you do not want to do. What, Wouldn't be hard. It, it'd be it'd be pretty quick to figure out, right? Yeah, that, that'd be one that I, I could do on my own, given that uh I, I think you're probably right. That's what I said. Uh Joe, like it's gotta be the most different name, like the most different people with the same name to win. Yeah. But Brady. It, so I'm I'm just trying to think if there's another Tom that we're forgetting. Sure. I keep forgetting that Brady's leaving, by the way. Yeah. Like we were having a text discussion. Or is he? Ooh. You know, I mean, that's all the talk right now is really Brady. Brady th- there's a lot of rumors, a lot of hearsay. Uh, I mean, I think it's a lot of people that are also just kind of uh, like talking about how much sense it makes. But Brady to... The Niners. Shut up. Yeah. Brady to the Niners for one last stand. Home, returning home. Playing for the team he wanted to play for. Playing for, you know, he always wanted to be Joe Montana. Playing for his hero squad. It's which nice. that would that would count for. I feel like if he went there and he won one, with that would be another one for the Joes. You know? I mean... You talk about ring chasing. Ultimate ring chaser, Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, back in my day, they didn't do that. Exactly. They didn't do back that. Back in my, in my day, day. Back in my day, you were just John Stockton and you stayed in Utah. Yeah. Or you were Kevin Garnett and you just stayed in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't even, is that even on our rundown? I saw the Kevin, Kevin Garnett lunacy. It's not. Well, you know, you know, we've gone over it. We can, we can go over it again, but I, of course yeah. we both saw his quote. Yeah. Which we've debunked 
don't know how many times he's talking about I the just 90s. hate like why I just hate that I hate that these guys even bother. It's like it's not I hate it when people do the anything comparison. Like I I, I you know I don't know how many quarterbacks are around from the 60s still, but like I'd love you know, Bart start out there just being like, Tom Brady's a fucking pussy. In my day, one bar on your helmet, or we called you a fucking bitch. It's like, bro, just things change. Oh, wow. Is this, is this a fake quote? Were we all duped? I don't know. Were we all duped? I just put it into Google. Yep. And it was a parody account. Okay. It was a parody account. KG account on Wednesday morning. One of these accounts posted a pretty convincing graphic showing a quote attributed to Kevin Garnett. Everybody's just running from the grind nowadays, teaming up with each other. The fake quote reads back in my day, we did it the hard way. If you can't win alone, you're considered a bum. Well, I'm glad we started off the show with a fake news story. Well, Hey, you, you know, I at least got it pre- figured out pretty quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. Like at, at the very least, we didn't go too far. I, you know, I've been duped before. We all know. I wonder, I did wonder yesterday, and, and this is it. I did wonder yesterday because the quote was attributed to, did you see that? No. Robert Buchanan and ball sack sports. <laughs> I, I I've seen ball sack sports on a lot of different things. Like, like, so is ball sack sports real? I have no idea. I'm assuming it's exactly what it is. Ball sack sports. Anyway, ball sack sports is also reporting Tom Brady to the Niners. Oh, uh, you know, it's funny. I, I went to their Twitter feed yesterday. And when they said featured on ESPN, ABC, TNT, Fox News, Sports Illustrated, I assumed they were legit. They mean featured as in this. The article I just read you was from Sports Illustrated. So they're like, a Barry McCockiner. Okay. That's what they are. But ball sack sports. Is it Barry McCockiner? Did he finally figure out a way to monetize? He's just pushing everybody to ball sack sports. Dude, his YouTube. I was at my brother's the other day and he goes, have you seen how big McCockiner's YouTube's gotten? He's got like hundreds, got over a hundred thousand subscribers, but I keep joking with my brother. I said, but he always plays NFL clips. Yeah. Like they haven't caught up. I'm not like, correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to be demonetized, deplatformed. Eventually, probably. You can't Although, show. Though, unlike, unlike MLB based MLB, like the NFL and the NBA kind of like let people get away with it because it's good for the brand, you know, like more of their shits out there. But we've had videos demonetized on YouTube. And we've had yeah. certain ones not that where we've shown clips. I don't know anymore. It's if the computer catches you. But yeah, apparently that was a fake quote from Ballsack Sports. Good for them. Good for them. Good job, Ballsack. But, you know, it's really not that crazy of a fake quote because how many old heads have said that? And how many times have we pointed out that the Bulls picked up Rodman, all those guys went to the Houston Rockets, the Lakers with Carl Malone, Gary Payton. Come on. It happens. Yeah. Guys join teams. Yeah. But Brady to the Niners would be interesting because 
that is a pretty ideal situation for him to just walk into. Yeah. And it was, you know, they're getting rid of Jimmy G is Trey Lance ready. They're a game away from the super bowl. Um, you know, you get one more year of Trey Lance learning under an even more, obviously veteran quarterback than Jimmy G. Uh, I, I mentioned it to Andy Laz, our, you know, the, the DSPN's resident, the Sal Palantonio of the 49ers for DSPN. And he said, it's fun, but let's get the Trey Lance party started. It's got to start eventually. And I was like, okay. I'd say if Brady wanted to come join the Niners and I'm a Niners fan, I'm all I mean, board. I th- yeah. And I think, I think, uh, I think Laz would quickly adapt. Well, cause you know, it goes to show it's like, can you get one more ring? Yeah. I mean, we talk about all the time, how hard it is to get a ring. The Niners. When's the last time they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, Montana. Montana. I mean, they, no, they, no. Steve, Steve Young, obviously. Steve, Steve Young, Young. Sorry, ninety-five. My, my, bo- my box mate in ninety-five. Yeah. Ninety-five. So obviously they made one. They were what ten yards, maybe even closer with Kaepernick. Yeah. Then they, they made were, another. Then they made another with Jimmy G. It's tough. Like, like I feel like we're the people. Just uh, again, this running it back, this making it easy. It's like people don't realize how hard it is to get back let alone win in any sport. Yeah. Not just football. That's why there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of Bengals, you know, talk about how they get back and whatever. It's like, man, the, the AFC is kind of stacked. Like the idea that you're back next year. Like, I I think it's all a matter of the, the playoff draw. Like I, I feel like that AFC with the chiefs, the bills, you know, the, the Chargers with Herbert on the come up. Patriots like, will be good. Pa- yeah. Patriots will be better. You know, like it's all going to be about that draw. Well, on a personal note, with the Bengals re-signing Taylor through 2026, we all know the bet that I have for a thousand dollars keeps extending, which is pretty funny. But I told my brother today, I go, we're actually in a great position because we can really hedge on a Bengals Super Bowl now. What meaning? What do you mean? Meaning like the bet is, you know, a thousand dollars if the Bengals win a Super Bowl with Taylor and Burrow at their quarterback. I'm saying they're right now they're 12 to one odds to win next year. Meaning yeah. the Bengals, like my brother and I are saying, let them lose a few games, let those odds decrease. Then you just put not that much money down. Sure. And then you say, oh, now they're 20 to one. Okay. I'll put yeah. 50 bucks down. Boom. I broke even on 50 bucks. Right. You know, I lost 50 bucks, whatever. I'm just saying like, like that was, this year was the worst case scenario for me in the Ruther curse. Like it was, I mean, everything fell into place. They didn't have any injuries, uh, you, you know, just the draw. Obviously they beat Kansas city in the road, not to take anything away, but like the first two games before that, they had a nice draw. It just, everything worked out. But we had a discussion before the show, and I, and I want to talk quarterbacks, especially with what Richard Sherman said this week about Matthew Stafford. And me, you, and Randy Ruther were texting today about quarterbacks and everything. And like to me, I, I said, I, like it's not, it's, it's Burroughs, the, the second best quarterback right now in the AFC outside of Patrick Mahomes. Now, I guess my question for you is. If that's your position, why is he behind Mahomes? 
because Mahomes is one one. Okay. I, I what I'm doing is I'm saying Mahomes has played four years as a starter. He's been in four AFC championships, two Super Bowls. He gets that nod because he's had more time. Sure. I mean, I I just think you know it's a it's a supremely gifted group and yes burrow it's it's hard to argue against burrow taking a cincinnati Bengals team in his third year to the super second. bowl sorry second year yeah um but josh allen justin herbert they're great like, i love them they're great they're like uh, you know it's hard it, i mean it's hard to play the what if this guy was on this team game like that that group and i think like what patrick Mahomes has done in his first few years is obviously otherworldly so uh, it, you know it's kind of crazy to not put him at the top when he's it maybe until he doesn't play in an afc championship game you know um if if basically patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and you're guaranteed to play a home afc championship game hard to dethrone him but between Burrow, Herbert, and Allen, it's like, yeah, I can. I'm fine with giving Burrow like a, a, a nod at the moment, but I, but I think it's a very fluid situation because I think all of go those guys have wildly different skill sets, uh, wildly different things that they do that one does better than the rest. Um, but I think that's long term. Like, I, I of those three, I don't know who I take. Yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. And, and I like I, I don't I don't know which order I would put them in. Like if you're like, you have to have one of these, you have to have these three for the next 10 years, rank them. I don't know what order I put them in. Yeah. Well, especially with injury stuff, like I'd be concerned with both. Obviously, Burrow's already been injured and then Josh Allen. So here's something I wanted to talk about because um I think I think something, and I, I want to be the the podcast that that drives this change. I think it's time in football, at least basketball and baseball, being non-contact sports, essentially, um, is a different story. We're not hockey guys, so we'll stay out of it. But I am ready. I, I think I think the term injury prone should be retired because. I don't like how we have a different set of standards based on position guys play, how many hits they take. Like, like I would say Tony Romo was injury prone because Tony Romo was reckless. I think um, Lamar Jackson is injury prone, but that is something that you're sort of expecting with his style of play. But it's almost like Joe Burrow injured misses, you know, injured and out for the season year one. Hurt in the Super Bowl, limping off like, but no one's going to call him injury prone, right? Because like, oh, he's not protected and and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, well, Gronk's wasn't protected. So he's injury prone. Saquon Barkley's not protected. He's injury prone. Like, it's kind of unfair that we like if a quarterback doesn't get protected, then he's not injury prone, but then other, no other position on the field even is thought about getting protected. 
And then we're so quick to call guys injury prone. I would like to reverse course on this. I would like to retire injury prone. And instead of shitting on guys who are quote unquote injury prone, I would like to slurp guys who avoid injuries. Like, I think we give way too much talking to us. Is Saquon Barkley injury prone? It's like, dude, the guys gets hit every fucking play. And we don't talk enough about Peyton Manning never missing a fucking game. No, I, I, I Philip Rivers never missing yeah, a game. I'm on, trust me, I, I'm, I'm in your, like, I'm right there with you as far as guys who, like, that amazes me. Guys who don't get injured or play. That's been one of my number one things for loving Russell Wilson was the guy played, you know, a hundred plus nine plus seasons without missing a start. It's not easy. Like you're saying, these guys are getting lit up. Patrick Mahomes missing starts by his second year. It's not easy. Josh Allen's already missed starts. Like yeah. it's, it's not easy to go out there every single week. And especially you're right. Especially when you see these non quarterbacks, like when you see, I mean, we have guys, we have historically guys like through the years, like whether it be receivers, running backs, O line. Oh, and we're like, Oh, they're, you know, this guy, Oh, he just can't stay on the field. It's like, Dude, we 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 see Joe Burrow, you know, get sacked a bunch and we're like, well, they got to protect him. And it's like, yeah, but also he's got to protect himself. And and I think that's the thing. We need to start we need to start really giving a ton of credit to the guys who know how to do that and give a little bit more leeway to just being in a, the most violent sport ever and like you're going to get fucking hurt. Yeah. It's a, t- it's a tough game, man. I mean, you see it, especially when somebody runs the ball and you're in a lineman and you're blocking and somebody fell behind you or a guy that like, yeah, like, like you're, you're a 300 pound plus man who's getting his leg cut under, or you move awkwardly. It's, it's, these guys are, they really are gladiators. Right. And that's why I think like, instead of being like, man, this guy can't stay on the field. We should just be like, that's normal. But Joe Thomas is a goddamn superhuman. Yeah. Because you're coming from the viewpoint, it's always a negative connotation. I, I, I just think, yeah, it's like, it's not just a negative connotation, but also like we pick and choose. Again, it's like, you know, uh, the, the violence involved in Gronk's profession and Saquon Barkley's profession and Odell Beckham's profession and Ray Lewis, whoever, that it's infinitely more violent than Joe Burrow's profession. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then if Joe Burrow goes down, we're like, man, they really got to take care of him. You know, we got to, we got to, we got to do something about this. But, you know, but to play devil's advocate, you really do. Like, like when you have your, your Tesla, uh-huh. I, I'm not saying, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, if a guy who we're not protecting gets hurt, we're so quick to be like, he can't stay on the field. He's a bitch. He's yeah. injury prone. He's soft. He's like, whatever. And it's like, or he's just like taking a lot of hits. Sure. No, if, Joe, yeah. if Joe, Bur- if Joe Burrow misses week one next year because of the injury he sustained in the Super Bowl, no one's calling him injury prone. No, they're talking, they're talking about protecting. Sure. No one's talking about protecting Gronk. No one's talking about protecting Saquon because they're not as important as the quarterback, though. I know, 
but at the same time, they're not being protected and will and will criticize them for not staying on the field. Well, whether it's right or wrong, that's you know, that's kind of the nature of the NFL, right? With the quarterback. Well, that's what I'm here for, Andy. That's what the Dirty Sports Podcast is here for. We are here to change the the nature of of sports media. I want to retire injury prone from football. That, that'll be a tough one for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying I'm against it. It'll be a tough one for me to uh, use consistently. But but I know the sentiment. I know where you're coming from. Lots of quarterback news. Real quick, I didn't add as the rundown. I forgot to. I just remembered it. So Deshaun Watson is eyeing the Bucks and Vikings as a potential landing spot for a trade. What do you uh, make two, of that? Two great fits, I think. Yeah. Upgrade, obviously. I know Vikings. there's I know there's Vikings fans out there who are who love Kirk Cousins and don't know what Deshaun Watson will do behind their offensive line. But like I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm I'm here for offensive line truthing. Joe Burrow, 70 sacks between regular season and postseason. Third and, most all time, yeah. And unlike Russell Wilson and unlike Kirk Cousins didn't have the number one or number two or number three rushing offense. Didn't have the league's leading rusher. He had a bottom quarter rushing offense, I think by yards and by no way. Did he? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely was like third in the league in rushing yards. Mixon was really good. They're definitely bottom three. If you look at total yards for a team, if you look at yards per carry, I mean, I haven't looked at it today, but they're not, a top five rushing team in the NFL. Really? I don't know I, about top, I don't know about top five, but uh I would say they're twenty-five. As far as uh as far as like total rushing yards this year, as far as yards per carry, as far as I'll pull I'll pull it. They're up. not in the top half. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, offensive line conspiracy theorists out there where the Vikings and the Seahawks are drafting, you know, rush only offensive linemen or whatever. But Joe Burrow is the, the guy that is proving you have a really, really bad offense line across the board offensive line and you can still get it done. So, so the Bengals rushed the Bengals rushed for uh, let's see here. The Bengals, this is how many teams are in back of them in rushing yards per game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So 32 teams, nine were worse. So I said they're 25th and they're 23rd? Yeah. And then yards per game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, nine as well. Well, yeah, yards per game. And your and total yards is the exact same thing because everybody plays the same amount of games. Sure, yards per attempt. Yeah, you're right. Come on, Andy. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, look, they they, they were they were bad. I mean, I mean, look, we we all know what they have to do. They they just gotta you gotta just protect him better. And but also, you need a better offensive line across the board. This is sure. this is the thing. Like, first of all, I think Joe Burrow needs to be better in some aspects. I think the coaching uh, in terms of if you have a bad offensive line, 
be like, I would say that that's the one real Zach Taylor, like, like criticism that I would be on board for is like, if you know, your offensive line is terrible, like, you know, adjust for it accordingly. And I think that they did a little bit. I mean, obviously they got to the super bowl sure. and in watching the super bowl replay, um, after watching it in person, it, like I saw there was, I think there were some quick hitting missed opportunities for burrow, including on that last play. Um, but the difference to me is like, I, 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 I've been a, a truther of some of these quarterbacks over the years. It's like, Joe Burrow isn't sitting there with like the the second leading rushing offense in the league and then being like, our offensive line is terrible. You know, we're talking 23rd and the worst pass production. Like it is unheard of to go to the Super Bowl with that bad of an offensive line. Yeah. That's how good he is. That's I why understand I'm, that. that. I, I, I that's what I'm saying. Like he's number two for me and we should have this discussion and bring it back to the Richard Sherman comments about Matthew Stafford and then just have a general, general overall discussion since the season just ended. I think I love doing quarterback discussions, you know, for some reason, I don't know why Richard Sherman just thought it come at Matt Stafford about him being in the hall of fame. And he said, he, let's, I'll just read a few of his tweets. I'm going to talk about in the podcast, but the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low now, like a participation trophy. No all-decade team, no all-pro, no MVP, one Pro Bowl, not even MVP the Super Bowl. Never considered the best in any year he played. At least Matt Ryan has an MVP. Again, this is about Matthew Stafford. Uh, so there's, I, have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. One, why do we have to do this after every Super Bowl win? Is Flacco elite? Is Eli elite? Is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? It's like, first of all, his career is not fucking over. Yeah. So R Richard Sherman, your career may be over, but Matthew Stafford's career isn't over. Also, I like Matt Ryan, and I think Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. He is. But Matt Ryan got the MVP and didn't win the Super Bowl. No quarterback who's ever led the league in passing has won the Super Bowl. It's almost like you don't want the MVP. You don't want to lead the league in passing. We have talked about this a million times. The idea that you're saying this happened, but this guy won the Super Bowl. I, I, I was just talking about this the other day because somebody, Robin Lundberg from Sports Illustrated, I think in, in reference to you know, seeing Burrow get to the Super Bowl and not win it and how hard it is just to get to a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford finally get to a Super Bowl and win it just out of nowhere said Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. And this isn't even a debate like it's so stupid. And people said, what year was Eli Manning top five? And the answer to that is 2011. He was fourth in the league in passing. And he won the Super Bowl. Like the idea that like the job is to win the Super Bowl, man. That's yeah, the job. Sure. The idea that you're going Aaron Rodgers, like here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a better year this year than Matthew Stafford. He just didn't. Matthew Stafford is a pro bowler and won the Super Bowl. I think 
people say things like Richard Sherman's doing and, and they say things they're just, they're ignorant in. Cause I want to read another tweet. He says, there's no measuring stick that there, I'm sorry. There is no measuring stick that makes Stafford a hall of famer other than playing in the most passer happy decade in NFL history. Inflated, inflated numbers makes every QB that starts 10 plus years, a hall of flame hall of famer. No, it doesn't. That that's, that's literally just not true because, because he, here's the thing. You just talked about staying on the field. Matthew Stafford had a serious injury year two. Yeah, then he Alex started Smith, a hall of famer. Yeah, that's exactly. Then you Tony know Matthew, Romo, hall of famer. Then you know what Matthew Stafford did though? He didn't miss a start for like eight or nine years. He stayed on the field. None, none of these guys are doing it. And, and, and he's saying who play 10 plus years. Most of these guys do not consistently play 10 plus years. They just don't. Here's the other thing. They don't have the numbers. Here's the other thing. And I know I, I'm coming at this guy because it's a Richard Sherman guy who I'm sure Richard, who knows? I don't even know what Richard Sherman's feelings are on Russ at this point, given everything that happened in Seattle with him winning the Super Bowl there, but then also him, you know, arguably being responsible for breaking up the Legion of Boom. But let me, let me pose a question to you. How different is Matthew Stafford's career from Russell Wilson's career? If you, if you literally just flip flop the order of which it happened. So Russell Wilson joins a really good team when he's young. Yeah goes to two Super Bowls, wins one, and hasn't sniffed a playoff win in half a decade. Matthew Stafford. Three years, but that's all right. Matthew Stafford. Okay, and he's got what? Oh, oh, since he won the Super Bowl, how many playoff wins does he have total? One? I, I think two or three. Okay, so we go super success out of the gate, falls off because sure. his team gets worse. Sure. Matthew Stafford drafted the Detroit Lions does it, it goes through that part of his career to start gets the good team immediately wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. So how are they different? Because the order it happened. Oh, if you win your Super Bowl in your first year and then you don't do shit for 10 years, that's way better than not doing shit for 10 years and winning in your 10th. What? How, why? They both put up hella numbers the whole time. They both stay on the field. They both did all things. They both have one Super Bowl. Well, and, well no, and no Super Bowl MVPs. Well, well, again, exactly. If if you put up insane numbers over a long period of time, win a Super Bowl, or even if you don't, you, you know, if if you're uh, again longevity. This this is what I don't understand. If we talk about sports, we value longevity in baseball. Right. You're like, man, this guy, when we're talking Hall of Fame. This guy was consistent for this many years. Right. He was a consistent hitter for 12, 13, 14, 15 years. But for some reason, people like Richard Sherman would then say, well, that doesn't matter. Come football, where, where I argue, I'm like you. And I say, dude, if you were consistently good, like a Matthew Stafford or a, a uh, Matt Ryan, like, and if you finish in the top 10 in yards and touchdown passes, I just, the argument that all these other guys are going to do that is just wrong. Well, like seriously, Joe, you can't sit there and I can't sit there right now and say that a Josh Allen or even a Joe Burrow, even a Patrick Mahomes, because you don't know with injuries. I can't sit there and say they're all going to finish in the top 10 when they're done in yards and touchdowns. I'm just going back again. Like Russell Wilson has 
where's his career? I think he's got 37,000 career yards or something like that, right? 37,059 career yards. One Super Bowl, no Super Bowl MVPs. Okay. Matthew Stafford's got 49,000 career yards. One Super Bowl, no Super Bowl MVPs. He's a year older than him. Well, I mean, I mean, he's played longer, right? But so now we're doing the LeBron James thing. So he didn't have to go to college till he was 26 and come in like, so now this is, he's 34. I would argue at 34, Matthew Stafford is better than Russell Wilson at 33. I have a, we have a video out there where I've said, I think he's better than him the whole fucking time. And yet people are like, Russell Wilson's I no doubt about it. First ballot hall of famer, but we're arguing that Matthew Stafford's not a hall of famer at all. Well, that's one guy. I mean, look, I, I just pulled up, you but, know, but he, this is my point. It's all like it, it, it th- this is precisely the point people d- d- like decide to, to make these, like they, they, they just decide this is the lane this guy's in and nothing can change it. So even though Russ starts great and falls off and Matthew Stafford starts shitty on a shitty team and blows up, somehow we judge them differently because Richard Sherman is as dumb as everybody else in sports media who goes, I already had an opinion and I'm, I'm not changing, changing it. it. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's the problem it, it is not changing. it. I, I have their numbers side by side. So basically, if, if you do per game and because Matthew Stafford has played, let's just say with Russell Wilson, he's played. Uh, he's played 26 more games. So he's played about, you know, almost a season and a half more. I mean, look. Side by side, he's throwing for more yards a game. They're even on touchdowns per game, dead even. Russ throws less interceptions. Obviously, Rush has a huge event. You know, you can throw in rushing for Russ because I think right now he's third or fourth all time for quarterbacks rushing yards. And, you know, you had the yards and the TDs, but whatever. Look, they're both Hall of Famers, in my opinion. Right. right. But also, I, like, I, I get and, your and, point, and, though. But my point is this. The, the Russ love is because he won a Super Bowl out of the gate on a great team with a top five. He, his, in his first five years, his defenses went one, 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 two, and four or something like that in five fucking years. Matthew Stafford didn't have the best defense in football this year, the number one defense in all of football. Yeah. Like, uh, we're, like we're, we're, we're acting as if, like, we, like, Look at people's body of work as a whole. Richard Sherman, where where are your multiple Pro Bowl appearances since you left the Legion of Boom? But now we're going to judge Matthew Stafford on his. and, And also, here's my other problem with the Hall of Fame conversations. And by the way, I haven't even weighed in on Matthew Stafford being a Hall of Famer because his career is not fucking over. So why are we doing this? But also, we we judge whether or not a guy belongs in the Hall of Fame, which is a media popularity contest. And then we base it on how many Pro Bowls they made, which is a media popularity contest. It, it is the Pro Bowl. I think the Pro Bowl has more clout in the NFL with players and coaches in terms of what, how it's decided. Okay. I'm pulling it up. Cause I'm, cause I'm curious. Like how it works. Cause that, that was in the discussion when Sherman said all that. 
Um, but like we know how dumb it is. We know that guys, a quarterback who everybody is judging wins and losses, especially from the quarterback position. Sure. We know guys are flying under the radar because they're on shitty teams. Sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Look, man, if you ask me right now, if I had a if I had a vote, I would say right now, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson are all Hall of Famers for me. They're all Hall of Famers right now at this very moment, no matter what happens. And like you said, all three of those guys are still playing. They're still playing right now in the NFL. I don't know why he would come out and say that. I don't either. But also, if you're going to tell me like, if you're going to tell me like, I just need some consistency and I need some, and I need people to be like, I can think outside of the box just because I decided Russell Wilson is a hall of famer year three, because he won a super bowl. And then all of his team success has fallen off since his defense is gone. But then we're going to judge Matt Stafford on his team success being on the Detroit Lions. Oh, oh, he's stat padford. It's a, you're not stat padding when you're on the Lions. You're trying to figure out how to get yourself back in games when your team sucks. Sure. Can we name a fucking we just did we just talked about this with what how what Joe Burrow was able to do with that offensive line. Can we name a good running back in the history of the Detroit Lions since Barry Sanders? No. Who's the guy? In fact, I'll go one step further. I was just tossing out there. I'm sure that maybe there is one. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Who has been a thousand yard rusher since Barry Sanders lost or left from the Lions? Have have the Lions had a thousand yard rusher since Barry Sanders? I have no fucking clue. But like suddenly we're like, oh, Stat Padford can't get it done in Detroit with the 30th ranked offensive line and the 29th ranked rushing offense. Okay. R- Russell Wilson, Wilson, lock Hall of Famer. If it weren't for his terrible offensive line that only averages second in the league in rushing yards. So these are the thousand yard rushers since Barry, Sa- Barry Sanders left the Lions in 1998. James Stewart. In 2000, right. 2000, 2000 and 2002, Kevin Jones in 2014 or 2004. Jesus. Then they went. No, so thousand, not, not, none with Matt Stafford yet. Finally, 2013, Reggie Bush barely did it. That was it. He so won- one, Matt, Matt Stafford played with one guy who's rushed for a thousand yards. Yeah. And four touchdowns. I mean, it was, it was, you know, he barely and got four it. touchdowns. It's depressing. Who's your top five right now? Right now. Super Bowl just ended. My top five, what? Top five QBs. I'm oh. saying right now in the NFL. I mean, I guess it, it doesn't like, have to be in an order. Right. You're, t- uh, and, and so top five QBs like today, like I got to win today. Today. Uh, you're not, you, you have roster X. The, you can choose these quarterbacks. Look, I instantly know my top three. Rodgers. Yeah. Mahomes. Yeah. Burrow. 
Allen. And Herbert? Probably I do the same. I, who am I, I, I mean, who, who am I forgetting? I don't know. I feel like, you know, we never mentioned him and I, and I can see people getting mad. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Well, we never mentioned, it's just, he's not my style quarterback and I don't want to go down that whole argument, but, um, you know, we never mentioned Jamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Not, not he's, he's fucking not on my list. Honestly, right now, I guess if I have to win, I'm going Stafford over Herbert and Herbert's right there in terms of the next thing. I'll probably go in. Yeah. You should tell the listeners what you texted. I like this Herbert Matthew Stafford like prediction. Because I can see it happening to him. I can see it happening to the poor fucking guy. The poor fucking guy in a mismanaged organization. Organization that's known as being a fucking dumpster fire, has crazy talent. He's going to come out and put up a ton of yards. He's going to make fucking insane throws. They're not going to make the playoffs and he's going to be stat pad Bert. And people are going to fucking be like, Oh, how many pro bowls did he make? How many blah, 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 blah. Did he make? Yeah. How many playoff wins does he have? And it's like, well, he's in the AFC West with Mahomes. He's in the AFC West with a good Raiders team. He's in the AFC West with a Broncos team that always seems to put together a defense. It's like, I, I can see 10 years from now, him having one total playoff win. And people judging him as a quarterback when he should have a playoff win. He should have a playoff appearance this year. But his coach is a fucking idiot. I mean, the the Chargers aren't the Lions. No. But they're not the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, they're they're not an efficiently run. They're they're not not a well-run organization. And, and, And real quick on Stafford. I'm going through the whole because like, I want to. I'm like, who am I missing? And I think I think that's it for me. I mean, yeah, me too. It, with with Watson being the wild card that Watson is, he's not in my top five because he didn't play last year. And I don't know what's if, going if on. I had to if I had to win today with roster X, I probably have Stafford over Herbert. But like going forward, Herbert I think is legit as well. I think Allen just does so much now with his legs. Uh, and, and who knows how long that lasts. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the thing about Stafford. When we discuss him and when Richard Sherman says these things, you talk about pressure. I feel like that has just, for some reason, just been thrown under the radar. This guy was literally brought into the Rams organization to win a Super Bowl. You talk about pressure. He'd been in Detroit. You're saying all these stupid things that people had said, which I'm sure he knows about him. You know, all these years he's been in Detroit and people just say he's a stat patter. He's not that good. He has all that pressure to just win a Super Bowl. He's never won a playoff game and he came and he was traded and he won his first year. Yeah. I just don't think you can underestimate the pressure and to perform under that type of pressure. That is not easy. And then how about this? Like the, if you go 2021 stats, you got Brady, Herbert, Stafford, Mahomes, Carr, Burrow in terms of yards. Like suddenly he's not stat Padford because they win. It's like, dude, he's still putting up the The third most passing yards in the league. Yeah. 
he, uh, uh, so, and uh, let me ask you one, uh, one other question. Uh, Cooper cup has just been Jerry rice, like in laying in the weeds this whole time. Like he was just, he, he was the single greatest receiving season in NFL history. Just waiting there. It's a coincidence. Sure. Matt Stafford shows up and Cooper cup has the single greatest receiving. Now I know, I know Matthew Stafford was carried in Detroit by Megatron, but maybe Megatron had a little, was a little bit better because he was playing with Matt Stafford because turns out if you play with Matt Stafford, there's a 66% chance that you have a top three all-time receiver season. Well. Right? Yeah. You should hear the greatest all-time seasons start to finish for a receiver are Jerry Rice, Cooper Cup, and Megatron. So I just watched A Football Life on Calvin Johnson. Which, by the way, I recommend to anybody who has an NFL network. It's a good one. I, I liked seeing his whole life and what he's doing now and his cannabis company and his fallout with Detroit and how he made amends this year. It's, 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 it's really good. He particularly talks about that in the show. Like, he's like, dude, we got Stafford. Because people always assume when he was drafted, they didn't have Stafford. Yeah. And obviously he was great. He was putting up those numbers. But like you said, he got he went he went from like this level to this level. And he talks about that. And he's like, dude, I had this guy suddenly. A guy I knew a guy I competed against, right? Georgia, Georgia Tech. And suddenly he's throwing me the ball. Like we took it to the next level because we had each other. And he didn't have that before. He'd never had a QB like that. And little slot. Guy, possession receiver, Cooper Cup, who's like the guy that plays next to Brandon Cooks and the guy who's supposed to be the support receiver for Robert Woods and the guy who's apparently the no star recruit, the guy who was Mr. Fucking quietly catching 80 balls was just the goat receiver waiting around. He was just like, man, if I just had a guy. I don't think so. I don't think so, guys. I think it's like Montana and Rice, like Montana and Young, like Stafford and Megatron, like a million other receivers with the guy with the court. Like uh, suddenly Randy Moss's best even season ever didn't come with Dante Culpepper. It came with Tom Brady. It's crazy. I thought he was washed. He was washed on the Raiders. You know what? When we discuss quarterbacks, which we love doing on the show, when we discuss all these things, it really just just makes you want to like like I want to sit down and have these discussions with people because I feel like people don't hear this shit. And I can just picture a big group of friends sitting at a bonfire, drinking a cold Miller light, breaking this down, having you and I come in to maybe you know, educate some people. Andy, there's nothing I enjoy more truly in life than sitting around a bonfire with a Miller light and fixing people's quarterback opinion lives. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I wish I could do it. Like 
guys, if anybody wants to sit around and, and get their opinions fixed on, you know, the 2011 Mavericks or uh, the, the quarterback situation in the NFL today, I'm available. Grab a six pack and I will fix your life. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's almost you should step be one to fixing your life. Get yourself a Miller Lite. Yeah, right. Like that's part of the agreement. You come over. They get you a six pack. You're allotted so many hours to have some beers, sit by the fire, sit by the TV, fix someone's life, whether that's sports, personal, anything. Just sit down and break it down for somebody because because people need this, Joe. This is doing the Lord's work right here. I agree. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer. People like you and your friends. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Well, I'm glad you got that Milwaukee, Wisconsin in there because I am excited to have some of the freshest Miller Lite I've ever had. I I am performing this weekend with Eddie Ift in Rosemont, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois, and Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, typically when you talk about weekend comedy shows, Friday night, Saturday night. So those are your nights, you know, Thursday it's always a little bit janky. Sunday's always a little bit janky. I am most excited for my Sunday show because it is the one that is happening in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Milwaukee Improv because it's the home of Miller Lite. If you are in Milwaukee, if you're in the greater Milwaukee area, let's have some Miller Lights on Sunday. Come on. I mean, I know Chicago's got their fair share of fresh Miller Lights too. I know that's on the Miller Lite pipeline sure. down, down from Milwaukee. But I'm talking, I'm going to the heart and soul I'm going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin for that straight off the conveyor belt Miller Lite. Let's go. Come see a show. Let's yeah. Drink some Miller Lights. Midwest Dirt Balls. Drink some Miller Lights. Represent. Dirt Ball fam is strong in the Midwest. Get some laughs in. Get some beers in. Zanies, Rosemont, Illinois, Thursday, Friday. Zanies, Chicago, Illinois on Saturday. Milwaukee Improv, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the finest Pilsner that has ever been served on earth on Sunday. That's right. Can I, can I give a quick shout out? Sure. We've actually, we've had a special guest watching the show. We First have. time guest. Yeah. And, and I want to see if the camera can zoom in. Wait, he's, what is going on over here? He's watching intently. And he's a jog. Yeah. Can you not see? Well, my computer's. I'm. I'm. I've got a. I've got a janky setup today. Okay. Whose that's, dog is this, Andy? That's Roscoe. Roscoe P. Coltrane. Oh, he just popped up. Hey, Roscoe. He's giving me the eye. I'm. I, Andy. I've been telling you for a long time. You need a dog in your life. Talk to me well, about Roscoe. Well, I. You know what? I. I, I kind of. I got. I got the two for one deal. I got the girlfriend who came with the dog. Oh, I, I see what's happening here. Smart, smart. Right. So I, I just wanted to get this is his first time being here. He's asleep. He's a I, I'm not going to lie, Joe. It's it's you're going to like hearing this. 
I've talked about Vince. He reminds me a lot of Vince. I know Vince is his own dog and Roscoe is his own dog, but I've, I've talked a lot about Vince because I see a lot of similarities. Roscoe's a multi-poo. So he's like 15, 16 pounds, full of energy, loves to chase balls, loves to play all great Vince qualities. But, but also, but also will just lay down and yes, yes. Yeah. Hypoallergenic. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I, you know, when, when I moved back, I was looking for maybe a little bigger dogs. And, and now I've convinced myself between Vince and Roscoe, I'm like, dude, these, like these, everyone's like, oh, you're a dude. You got to get a bigger dog. These hyperallergenic, good, family friendly, love to play 15, 16 pound dogs are great. Well, I think, you know, there's, so there's this, the, the, uh, any smaller than that becomes like a toy dog. Yes. Right. And now bigger than that's okay, but like it's all about also the like the attitude of the dog and the 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 training of the dog and the treatment of the dog. Like if you have a 15, 16 pound dog that you're putting in a purse, it's gonna be a little bitch. Yeah. If you have a 15, 16 pound dog that's like, hey, you're just a dog, then that that's a good size. Yeah. You know, same thing. Sometimes you get these like 75 pound Labradors that are like spoiled rotten. And you're like, now you're just a gigantic pain in my ass. You're just like all over me all the time. Like you're not a lap dog. You're 75 pounds. You need, you need a good, you know, I would say you're looking at like 15 to like 45 pounds with like a good attitude. Oh, couldn't agree more. And, and, and for me, like a dog that loves to be walked, a dog that loves to play, it, you know, as you know, I've, I've been battling some, some health stuff in the last week. So I, I've had a lot of downtime at home and, uh, you know, it's great to have a dog here, a little buddy, right? Just waiting. You know? I, I am at my brother's place where I am. I'm cat sitting. Oh boy. The worst <laughs> thing. This thing is the devil. I just woke up in the middle of the night to just like staring at me. I was like, <laughs> I can't. The thing is like always like around, it's like always normally like very active. But now that I'm here, it's like staying in its bed and just staring at me. It, it hates me. Yeah. I, you know what I'm going to do? I, I should post out some videos. This dog, this dog loves humping his bed too. Oh like yeah. Out of control. But like, it's, I've never seen a dog without testicles that has aggressively humped the bed so many times, <laughs> like breathing hard, moving the bed. I could watch that all day. Yeah, man. I, I don't know why I like I the fact that I'm 40 and had never gotten it. I mean, we had a family dog. I've always loved dogs. Remember how much I loved Vince? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I mean, that was that was the best part. It's like I, I always had like a, you know, at least a short term dog sitter because you were like, yeah, man, I'll take Vince for two days. Ah, dude, that one summer. I'm a lot. Yeah, that was my dog, dog. Well, I think now we should hop into and another thing that makes me happy besides dogs. I, I want to get this story out there real quick. The Manning cast has an extension. Very great news. Uh, absolutely. I almost brought it up before when we were talking about how I, I think we, we need to get rid of uh, injury prone. I mean, we need to like those are the those guys are the poster children for like play a long time, not just survive and play every game keep yourself in, in the kind of condition where you can now run the greatest thing in sports entertainment. 
the two of them. I mean, the Manning cast is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. And it did well with viewership and they're going to expand that company, which Peyton Manning runs Omaha productions is going to move into other segments. And, you know, these are fields that I don't know much about. Like they're going to have alternative hosts for UFC, college football, golf, but come on, the Eli and Peyton are there. They're the goat to this. Like, like you, you can do, I'm not saying they can't have good shows for USC or golf or college football, but those guys, but the thing is are about, pioneers. the thing is about them being the relationship of the, their brothers. Yeah. But they're two. I mean, like you can judge Eli Manning, however you want, but like if we were being, if we were being as rude as we could possibly be to Eli Manning, is it a, is it a, Football, essentially alternate broadcast with two brothers who are top 15 quarterbacks of all time. Like, yeah, I, I see your point. It's really not a football alternative. It's like, it's like, what does that look like in any other sport? We're Good talking question. about, we're, we're talking about like, I mean, if you do, if you do like the, the, like, on the lowest level, it would be like, it would be like, uh, I don't know, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird doing basketball. Which, by the way, I would not want to watch. I would, I would love to watch it. You but would? like, you would. My point is, is that Come like, on. I don't think they're entertaining. My my point is that level of greatness, but also some sort of relationship. Sure. I mean, Stockton and Malone. Like, I don't know, like. I would say overall Stockton and Malone overall rankings. I mean, for bet maybe as like full basketball players higher than those guys, but like you're never going to get that relationship and that amount of greatness. Yeah. You missed the new Super Bowl commercial with JB smooth and Manning brothers. I did. I missed all the commercials to go one. Something along the lines of JB smooth asking them to pass something, you know, they're eating dinner. Was it like a Caesars commercial? Yeah. Yeah. And he was asking about like, uh, I love when quarterbacks, it's something about the best quarterbacks or, or any man in quarterback passes him, passes, passes him something. And then, and then Cooper's right. He's like, not, but not you, Cooper. <laughs> I love how Cooper's is the punching bag. Yeah. Poor Cooper. The original, the original Manning neck injury. Well, he's got his son now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he's going to have that to live through. We have to discuss this Dallas Cowboys debacle. This is wild. And, and this is a detailed story, which I haven't fully read or read. Yeah, I haven't fully like, you know, looked into everything. But uh, I liked how you put it on the rundown. You just said Jerry Jones consigliere is a creeper. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing, this guy is, uh, uh, you know, if you read the article is his like fixer is his first mate is his consigliere is his like whatever, like this guy is often referred to throughout, you know, sort of Jerry Jones ownership history as like his right hand man, you know, he'd been there, his, I mean, he'd been there for 32 years. Yeah. And if you read the story, I mean, we have him like reaching his arm around a corner of a locker room and taking, so creepy. and taking video of 
cheerleaders. And then they go the full Tom Brady defense. Nobody did anything wrong, but we still gave them two and a half million dollars. And he destroyed his cell phone. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I know. We found the team found no not, no wrongdoing was there, but he had to destroy his cell phone and give him two and a half million dollars. Then we have multiple people reaching out to the Cowboys about a live stream of their draft room where he's seen on camera taking upskirts of Jerry Jones' daughter. Wild. Now, this is a great point that a good friend of mine, uh, Dirtball and lawyer and Cowboys fan. I referred to him once before on the show as Sandy Ruther. Um, Cause I don't know if he wants his, his title, his actual name made public, but he's a friend of mine who's a lawyer and a Cowboys fan. He's down in there in, in Dallas. He listens to the show and I'm going to shout him out because he said, this is your daughter, your daughter. How do you not fire the guy right away? Yeah. And, and his, and his answer was essentially, cause he knows where the, the bodies are buried like for, for him to not get fired for just even being accused of taking upskirts of Jerry Jones's daughter. Yeah. Or, or taking video of cheerleaders undressing. So it must be because he knows about a ton of other fucked up shit that they've done. Yeah. So, so this just leaked. So the Cowboys paid a confidential settlement of 2.4 million after four members of the cheerleading squad accused Richard, I don't know how his name is pronounced, Dalrymple, Dalrymple. Sure, Creeper. Yeah, Richard the Creeper, Dalrymple. I, I've been calling him Dick the Creep, but yeah. Dick the Creep, I like it. Dick the Creep went into the locker room. This is 2015 during an event at AT&T Stadium. So she saw him. So, so by the way, his, his, his title, because everybody should know his title. He was their longtime senior vice president for public relations and communications. He was standing behind a partial wall in the locker room with his iPhone extended toward them while they were changing their clothes. He's literally like, he's literally like doing one of these. Yeah. So creepy. So creepy. So he had gained entry to the back door of the cheerleaders locked dressing rooms by using a security key code and then like you said jerry jones daughter who of course works for the team because it's nothing but nepotism over there in dallas his daughter charlotte jones anderson who's a senior vice president again daughter of owner jerry jones was accused of upskirt photos during the 2015 draft that people saw like strangers Dude, this Strangers. is wild. Strangers the f- are the ones telling the, the team about this. They're like, yo, we're watching your live feed from the draft room. You've got a creeper in there taking upstairs to your daughter. And f- the, one guy is like, I absolutely know what I saw. A fan signed an affidavit that he was watching the live stream of the war room on the team's website when the incident occurred. Of course, he's denying it. Whatever. It's all bullshit. Right. But here's the best part, which he's clearly guilty of it. Well, for one, he's guilty. They paid it. They, they paid off the cheerleaders. It was hush-hush money. Again, it happened in 2015. And, and, and here's the, the other thing, too. And this, again, you know, I know we had a, a Patriots fan come at us recently because there was the whole story about the Flake Gate. But it's like the, 
the epitome of where there's smoke, there's fire. I yeah. don't care what can be proved. I don't care what, whatever, where there's smoke, there's fire. If, if, if it was, this guy was accused of cheerleaders of taking videos of them. And then in a war room, they caught him stealing hot dogs. I'd be like, these two things don't have anything to do. Good. Do the, Oh, the guy's an asshole. Is that what we're trying to prove? Oh, we're trying to prove he's a creeper. And we have one incident where he's filming cheerleaders and one incident where he's caught on camera doing upskirts. Bro, I don't care what was proven. The dude's a creeper. And also, he suddenly retired when ESPN started doing this investigation on the story. So he continued to work for the Cowboys. So these two incidents happened in 2015. He continues to work for them for another six years. On February 2nd, so what is that, 14 days ago, he told the Dallas Morning, New- Dallas Morning News of his immediate retirement. After 32 years as Jerry Jones's chief yeah. spokesman and confidant. Um, uh, Dick, quick question for you. Uh, this might come out of the blue, but um, we have we have found a report that you were uh, filming cheerleaders uh, in the locker room in 2015. Do you have any any comment on the situation? Uh, I'm glad you asked. Yes, I do. And my comment is, bitch, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm retired, bitch. It's the fucking, it's the Dave Chappelle knock the microphone over scene. It is. Here's the best part. In his statement. So again, ESPN starts investigating. He retires weeks later. In his statement about the allegations during his retirement, he said, it had nothing to do with my retirement from a long and fulfilling career. And I was only contacted about this story after I had retired. Bullshit. And again, here's some more smoke to basically say everything is true. While he thanked the team, the Jones family, and no one on behalf of the team acknowledged his 32 years of service and his retirement was not even mentioned on the team's website. Yeah. Now, they go into more detail again on the article. They literally have a... <laughs> I mean, I mean, it does make me laugh. I shouldn't. It makes me laugh. They have a whole diagram of the Cowboys cheerleader locker room in the ESPN story. That's <laughs> like, great. Like they literally have a map. You guys should see this. They have a blueprint of where he went, where he was filming. The they bath- also, if you look, if you if you widen out, they have where um, the shooter was in the book depository. <laughs> they they show where Oswald was in in comparison to the uh, stadium. They're both in Dallas. Oh they're like, they're like, this is to scale, but 32 miles south southeast is where uh, <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald was in the book depository. Also, now I'm zooming in more. They show the exact room where Jerry Jones eats his McRiddles with salt. Oh, that's good to know. Definitely one to know. That. But it, you know, it was a great point that my buddy brought up. Is like, what else is going on here? That they could they kept him around. Like, what you know, he was the fixer. What kind of shit was he fixing? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, what I kind mean, of shit was he fixing that he can do upskirts of the owner's daughter and not get the fired? The owner's daughter, because they probably. What happened? I'm assuming was they learned that ESPN's doing this full scale, full scale investigation. They're contacting some of the former cheerleaders. They're contacting people. So the Dallas Cowboys get tipped off. It gave them a little time to create their own legal work for this guy to sign a non-disclosure agreement before he officially retired. That's probably what happened, I'm assuming. 
But the, but again, it begs the question, what was he covering up before that he could even be accused of these things and stick around? Yeah, that's exactly right. And then, like you and I were saying earlier before we went live, I think this is the tip of the iceberg with all these teams. You know, we have the Washington football team. I, it's tough for me to call them the commanders, but we have them. We have the Cowboys. I'm just saying, like, we had a giant worldwide Me Too movement that happened what it started five or six years ago. My point is like, is that the type of thing that's going to happen in the NFL? Probably not. Cause I feel like they do a good job of covering it up, but it does make you wonder. Now, this is the other question my buddy had, cause he's a, he is a Cowboys fan, but he is desperate to have the Jones and no longer be owners. If this is the tip of a, of a Cowboys iceberg. And we know that there's, the Jerry Jones mega bus that is like well known to be just like a, a floozy on wheels, you know, like a, a, a like a hooker cart. I don't know like, about this. What's that? Oh, you don't know the Jerry bus that he takes everywhere is like, I mean, I saw it parked outside the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones Super Bus. It's been parked outside multiple parties that I've been to now. Super Bowl's like, like there, that's where we had videos and pictures. Remember in the past of like Jerry Jones with like chicks on his lap and like all that. Like, well, yeah, he had the those one two girls who, uh, well, essentially, what's going on? Essentially, it's sort of widely known by people that Jerry Jones just like has a basically like a stripper bus. <laughs> like he has a bus full of like chicks, right? Ever so, like if this is the sure. tip of the iceberg, is this the beginning of like? that coming out and my question for you and i said no way because money talks but like exactly is there any chance that this leads to the downfall of jerry jones no way as, as the cowboys owner no dude dude he wields so much power jerry jones is the guy responsible for getting the rams and chargers more more so the rams which then the chargers joined to la jerry jones again his company legends is doing the concessions at sofi stadium his company is handling the tickets for Rams Chargers game. Jerry Jones wields so much power within the NFL. No way. No way at all. He's untouchable. I mean, these billionaire guys, they're untouchable. Almost all of them. That's what I said. Yeah. That's that's why that's why it's all fluff pieces. It's they're going to they're do a new investigation into Daniel Schneider and Roger Goodell comes out and says, oh, we're going to actually do it this time. Not a team doing an investigation about its own team. It's all BS. Because again, I always connect to me, sports and politics are the same thing. And when you have money and power, it's no, come on. You know who I feel bad for? John Gruden. Somehow this comes back on him. They're doing a Cowboys investigating. They're like, just FYI, John Gruden listens to Rogan. He's like, what? Where did this come from? It's like he's, uh, he's an anti vaxxer and he hangs out with Joe Rogan and says the N word a lot. He's like, but I didn't, wh what are you talking about? <laughs> John, John Gruden, I heard you were on the party bus. Actually, Gruden, I heard it was your iPhone yeah. that Dick used to get video of the of the now the the you know they accused this guy of doing it, but also the hand that came around the wall was wearing uh black sleeves. Is it possible that that was a uh, Raiders undergarment? Uh we we believe it was John Gruden. Gruden, man, just just Completely, completely get thrown under the bus by the NFL. 
Well, another legal stuff we have to discuss is Tyler Skaggs case. Yeah. It's pretty wild, man. Also not surprising. Like, are you surprised by any of this stuff? Um, no, not really. I mean, the, the idea that like, I, I, I would say with this Tyler Skagg stuff, like everything that's coming out, I'm like remarkably unsurprised about, like, yeah. I almost, I almost kind of assumed that this is exactly what it was. Like I didn't really need, I didn't really need like a trial to tell me that like some guy was giving painkillers to angels and that Matt Harvey's a cokehead like yeah. Matt Harvey's Matt Harvey had a nosebleed on the mound. <laughs> that is wild. Matt Harvey had a nosebleed on the mound, slept through a Mets game after going to like a Rangers game and a model party the night before. Like guys, we know. Yeah. They're like also in the came in coming out in the Tyler Skaggs case, Rick James apparently did cocaine. We're like, we know guys. <laughs> We know. <laughs> so they're like breaking news from the Tyler Skaggs trial. I don't know if you guys know this. This is breaking. Elton John is gay. And you're like, what? <laughs> guys, stop, <laughs> stop tweeting this stuff. So remind everybody, Tyler Skaggs is the former Angels pitcher who died tragically um, in Texas. From from drug overdose, he had fentanyl. Um, he, he had a lot of drugs. He had alcohol, fentanyl, oxycodone, intoxication, and uh, he died. And and what's basically leaked is why this trial because they because they were sued, I believe, for wrong, wrongful death. Would that be the right what they were sued for? So in the trial, the former Angels communications director Eric K was given oxycodone p- pills to players and that that included Matt Harvey, CJ Cron, Michael Morin, and uh Cambridge Rosen. And that and these players were called on the stand and that's where all this came out. Yeah. And uh you know Harvey basically how it worked legally was Harvey had to testify in exchange for immunity. So Harvey also had given oxycodone uh oxycodone. Codone I keep saying codeine. Yeah. Oxy- well and 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 it's important like because even Harvey on the stand kept saying oxy oxy, which is uh, often short for oxycotton, which is like way, 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 way worse. Okay. But, but at the same time, it's like, they're all opiates. They're all painkillers. They're all on the sliding scale of like the kind of thing you would get for an injury or, you know, whatever. But I mean, it doesn't make a difference, but it kind of does. So he had given some bills himself to Tyler Skaggs. Um, yeah. But again, they all got it from this K guy who was basically the dealer who worked for the team. I mean, look, dude, to me, the, the overlying theme would be the opioids. And here we are. And again, and, you know, the, the crisis we have in this country with pharmaceutical companies and the opioids. And again, cannabis isn't fully legal. It's, it's, it's like there's easy solutions to this shit. Yeah. And the fact that a player wants to take the edge off. And again, that's why I love that Calvin Johnson football life. Cause he talks about it. Like, I can't take the edge off by smoking a blunt. Yeah. Or eating a gummy. 
instead. And the edge, by the way, is for, for like the edge is one thing, but pain, pain, you yes. guys are in pain. Pitcher's arms hurt. Yeah. Fucking, uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, Megatron's head hurts. Yeah. Uh, like, dude, I, the amount of I, there's, I've got more forms of CBD in my medicine kit, like from liquid to cream to powder to tincture to like whatever, then there are Joe's who won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and, you know, Tyler Skaggs can't use any of it. So he's got to get fucking painkillers. Yeah. No, for real. I mean, look, man, this stuff, this stuff will do a work on your body. And what's, and you know, what's crazy too is like the, the, you know, the prescription thing and like team doctors and all that is like, I take that stuff because I can't get painkillers. Meanwhile, they can't take the stuff I take. So they just get painkillers. Yeah. It's just so much more dangerous. So like, I mean, I just don't think people, I just still don't think people realize how this stuff just just messes with your body and just how powerful it is. And it, it's just crazy that like, we're not, we're at a place again, where we're other things that are healthier and natural are legal. I, I, I just, I just, we, I mean, we know why, cause you follow the money trail and money talks and it's the same old bullshit, but it's this, this is just a sad story all the way around. And, and to be honest, you know, I, I'm glad Matt Harvey ended up getting help. Obviously, he was really good for your Mets, and then he had a little comeback with the Reds, and then he signed, you know, after that, Angels, a couple more teams. But, like, Terry just, Collins went on on uh, SNY today, too, and, and basically roasted him. If you guys look up Terry Collins, if you want to know more about the Matt Harvey thing, I mean, he basically said we knew Matt Harvey was a cokehead. It's crazy. I mean, we all did, but like, and obviously he's the manager, so he knows, but basically he was just like, Hey, what happened to that Matt Harvey? Who was like a 245 pound machine. You showed up like 30 pounds lighter. It's like broke Coke. cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah. I know. So, I mean, when, when the guy working for the team is giving them, like you said, they're giving them legal pills. They're giving them the illegal pills. It's like. And, but here's the thing. I think, I think, I think that's where a lot of these sports leagues is like, there's still, uh, you need that. You need to have a sense of personal responsibility. You know, you took fentanyl and oxy and whatever, and you're drinking and you're blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, like, I don't know, read a book about fucking mixing things. Like I, I understand suing the team for a wrongful death. I think there needs to be some personal responsibility, but I also just think these leagues and these doctors need to be like, there's other things that we can do for you. You don't have to go there yet. Like we have to get to the point in America, especially in American sports where we're like, yeah, dude, you can get, you can smoke a little weed. You can take a little CBD. You can take this and this and this like natural herbal medicine. Like we shouldn't be punishing people for things that aren't, you know, performance enhancing drugs just sure. because you, you put it on a list of a million things, but you don't put opiates on that list. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's, it's, it's nuts. This is like, this is turning into the legal show. Yeah. Well, there's one more legal story. Okay. 
Trevor Bauer will not face criminal charges. Right. That this is yeah. This has been uh this came out what almost two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Yeah. Um it's still to me that's such a complicated case still. I understand not the I understand that he's he won't face legal charges thing. I mean, we have a lot of players who've done a lot of fucked up shit over the years who didn't face legal charges. I think if you even read Trevor Bauer's side of the story, it's not without like there's aspects of Trevor Bauer's like he's like, this is my truth. His truth is pretty fucked up. So I'll say that. But now we get into the situation of if legally he did nothing wrong, where does that leave him? I mean, look, my stance at this point is I just don't think people care. Ultimately, people can fake care. They can act like they care. Your job is to win, right? Like, like if he, and I guess there's lines as we know, like there are lines where I wouldn't want to play or certain things. And, and you know, this is a tough one because you're talking about violent, aggressive sex. You're talking about things that some people say, Hey, that's, that's what I'm into or I'm normal or some people, some people are into that. Um, but what, what's amazing to me is um, even at it, even at the most, even if you took like her side of the story, even if you took the most damning version of the story, it's nothing close to what Ben Roethlisberger was accused of. Meanwhile, we do the Christian thing. We do the whatever. But people don't like Trevor Bauer is like on the spectrum a little bit, kind of rubs people the wrong way. Guys don't like him. So now he it seems like this is an opportunity for the Dodgers to like move on from maybe a mistake signing that they made. But yet you could be accused of something way worse. And provided you do like a PR spin where you're into Jesus and your teammates like you, you're back. It's just like, this is, this is, I mean, I, I hate to say it like, cause we just talked about it with like opiates, but this is like one of the major, it, it, it all kind of goes back to the same thing we were talking about with the hall of fame. We're talking about Richard Sherman and Matt Stafford. It's like, it's all perception. Sure. It's like, it's like you guys have decided to feel this way about this one guy. And, and by the way, I, I'm not a Trevor Bauer fan. If I was a Dodger, I would might not want him on my team. And if I were a Dodger fan, I might not want him on my team. But at the same time, we can justify it with way worse shit. Yeah. Because even at its worst, even at the accusation, it wasn't as bad as what some other guys were accused of and they were welcomed back with open arms. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like anything in life. There, there's there's no consistency, lots of hypocrisy. Like, I don't want to I don't want to compare what a woman has to go through if she thinks she was sexually assaulted to, you know, murdering dogs. Like, I don't want to put but like Michael Vick was accused of like hundreds of dog murders. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger was accused of flat out rape, the like hard rape. Twice. Yeah. Not like. In not like a, a consensual mix up, but it got, went too far and blah, blah. Like, I don't even know this dude. I work at this hotel. Yeah. 
So I just think that's, you know, it's everything that's kind of wrong with sports. Well, I mean, obviously he's still a great pitcher. He's going to, he's going to help a team. And that's what it all boils down to. And any, any of these teams, any of these sports, do you outweigh the backlash? Which to me, I don't think there is. I, I just, I, you know, I've been saying it and every year I think it more and more. I ultimately don't think the backlash matters if you can perform. I just think people don't care. Whether that's right or wrong, you can decide on your own. I don't think people care. They just don't. I mean, I, you know, the Roethlisberger thing was, it, it was, I'll be honest, it was like really fascinating to watch it unfold, his farewell. It was just, because, because to me, as, a, as just a person, you're like, man, people just don't give a shit. And again, you can judge that how you want, but you rarely see a person who's like, yeah, he's a piece of shit, but he wins games, so whatever. Like the person who's just blunt, blunt and honest about it. Like right. that's, what, that's what you want to see. But for some reason, you see that person who's like, he wasn't, he wasn't tried in court. You're like, Dude, you're defending a two-time rapist, uh, accused rapist. Like it, it's weird that because of your fandom, you, right. you're you're not even going to discuss or and 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 you would never that. you you would never do it in any other aspect of life. No, you would never you would never be like, did you hear that the guy at the burger joint down the way, like, was accused of rape twice? And you'd be like, well. Those are really good burgers. Like, should we await the outcome of the trial? You'd be like, yo, fuck that burger place. It would be like Rapey's Burger Spot. You know what I mean? Which is way too close to Raples Burger, Roethlisberger. But like, you know, my point is, is like, you would, you would just be like, well, fuck that guy. Yeah. No, you would. Yeah, man. With sports though, again, it's always sports and politics. We like put this thing aside because of our, basic like tribal allegiance to something it's crazy i don't know i don't know if we're gonna have time to cover this tonight like I mean, people are talking about if we're gonna discuss the ed orgeron adrian peterson recruiting story why don't we save it for next episode since i don't even know about it yeah let's save it for next because that'll give me more time to get coach o on the phone uh, exactly then we can get coach o in here to weigh in it's a wild story i'll just, I'll just give the teaser Apparently he went on the Dan Patrick show and he was trying to recruit Adrian Peterson. This is, uh, he was the top recruit in the 2004 class. This is when he was at USC under Carroll and, uh, Peterson's dad was incarcerated in Oklahoma. So if Peterson went to Oklahoma, his dad would be able to watch his games on TV from prison. But if he went to USC, he wouldn't, I guess. So Edo was trying to get Peterson's dad transferred to a prison in California. <laughs> um, we're definitely going to have to get Coach O's thoughts on this. I really want to hear Coach O's thoughts on that. But I feel like my thoughts on it, and I'm going to ask Coach O when we have him on, or maybe you can ask him on because yeah, he yeah. always calls when I'm in the bathroom. Yeah, I'll call. Uh, I'll ask him. Why not just get the Pac-12 network at that <laughs> jail in Oklahoma. I don't think it existed then. <laughs> seems seems more but, difficult to but get. I will like, say, Joe, a, we're talking, a, 
I mean, we can't, we can't get a, a sports package. Yeah, I was going to say up at that thing UFC seems, w- seems easier than a federal <laughs> prisoner transfer. I will say we're talking 2004. USC is in their heyday. They're on probably national TV, half their games, at least. I'm assuming it's odd that those games cannot be played, but only in-state Oklahoma games. Yeah, that's a good question. Now, I'm going to make sure I have that one ready for Coach O when, when we bring him on. Instead of, Co- instead of Coach Ed Ordron trying to petition for, you know, a federal corrections transfer. <laughs> Seems like it would be easier to just be like, hey, uh, the University of Southern California would like to upgrade your cable package. <laughs> How do you yeah. guys feel about that? It's a gift from us. Uh, yeah. We'd like to upgrade your cable package. Yeah, it's pretty wild. All right, let's get to some calls. I know we didn't tie a little NBA, but we're going to get back into it uh, next episode. I I, I listen. I took I took you up, Joe. I was I was I was watching some NBA last night for you. I was watching some uh, Clippers Suns. It was a good game. I, as uh, my big NBA watching for the day was, I watched Ben Simmons. I watched uh, grainy, uh, you know, nineteen forty seven style camera footage of Ben Simmons making some corner threes in in uh in shoot around so i mean this would be amazing if ben simmons mental health break was solely used for him to shoot corner threes I'd i love pretty, it that'd be a pretty wild story yeah it would It'd be great all right third ball hotline 310-359-8365 give us a call give us a question give us a comment and uh if it's around 60 seconds you know i like to do that I will play it. Just make sure it is clear because we, 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 you know, we we have some dirt balls, as Joe and I know, eight years of doing this, who just love to throw their phone in a toilet and then make a call. Some of them like to dive in the toilet while they're making the call. I, I realized what a lot of our, I realized when I was at the Super Bowl during the halftime show, uh, what a lot of callers of the Dirty Sports podcast. Uh, phone line we're doing it finally clicked they're hanging upside down like 50 cent to start the thing ah, that's why yeah that's why that's why it sounds like they're out of breath and blood's rushing to their head and they're yeah i can see that all right so we'll start off with a, a little would you rather okay. related to winning super bowl since we just saw the uh the super bowl so let's see here which which one is that all right let's do it right here What's up, fellas? This is Jude. Uh, I just want to talk about a scenario you guys are talking about. Um, you know how maybe the Rams kind of went all. You know they obviously went all in, and maybe you know they won, so maybe they got what they wanted. And now you know you see what happens. While the Bengals are now just the, at the beginning of hopefully a long stretch of um, what's to come. So, would you rather your team, um, let's say, be the Rams and you won the Super Bowl, and now you just dismantle and kind of her dog shit for the next, let's say, 10 years, um, but you got that Super Bowl, or would you rather be the Bengals and just knowing that your team is going to, you got the quarterback and whatever, and knowing that for the next 10 years, your team is going to be there. Um, you know, they may not ever win a Super Bowl, but you know that you're going to be a Final Four team for the next 10 years or a guaranteed playoff team 
so which would you rather have? I, I don't think, you know, the Super Bowl is great and all, but it's just that one year and then you're done. Um, I would also rather have a team where you can just root for a year and year and year knowing that um, they've got a chance. Later. I mean, I, this is good for you and I because, you know, I come from a city that's never won a Super Bowl. You come from a city that's won four in your lifetime. I'll bet you every single person in the city of Cincinnati will take that one Super Bowl. I kind of think it's dumb not to take the one Super Bowl. I agree. To be, to- to be totally honest with you, because here's the I I I I know we're speaking about this specific situation. Like I almost I almost want to answer his question as it does not relate to this Rams team. If, if you're talking about, but like I know football and baseball are different sports, but look at the Marlins, the Marlins won a world series, did just that tore it down to the studs. Yeah. But then they built it up again and they won again. Like yeah. I almost think getting a super bowl and tearing it down and rebuilding it from scratch gives you a better chance of winning two Super Bowls in 10 years than most other situations. Like winning Super Bowls is really hard. This is different than baseball. This is different than basketball from year to year. I mean, everybody had the Bengals finishing last. Yeah. Like, okay. Would I be, I would be more shocked. I'll say this. I would, I, and, and, Randy Ruther is going to fucking jump in his pool with his toaster when I say this, but this is, this is no disrespect to the Bengals and what they're building. This is just a fact of the matter in the NFL. I will be more shocked if the Bengals are in next year's Super Bowl than if they are not a playoff team. I I agree. I kind of think that with every team in the history of the NFL except the Patriots except maybe like this Chiefs team like I I can't think of five franchise runs where I would be where I would bet that they are more likely to go to the Super Bowl than miss the playoffs well I mean look I said it last how many episode. how many how many teams have made the Super Bowl and missed the playoffs the next year? Well, I remember what I told you last episode. The last team to make the Super Bowl, just make it after losing the Super Bowl was the 2018 Patriots who beat the Rams who had lost to the Eagles the year before that. Before that, we're talking 2018. The Bills, one of those Bills teams. Yeah. Was the last to make another Super Bowl after losing it, which was, I believe, 90, 91, 92, 93. So that'd be what, 25 years gap? So yeah. we, had a tw- we had a 25 year gap of a team losing in the Super Bowl and then making it again the next year. It's that hard. 12 teams have not won a Super Bowl, it's 32 teams. 12 teams, dude, have not won a Super like, Bowl. Uh, like, it, 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 uh, my point is, I think it's, I understand what he's saying. Like, if you're a fan of the team, you're going to get more joy rooting for the next 10 years for, like, 
a team to like even pseudo contend. Yeah. But like, but I'd argue I'd, I'd go even money. I'd go even money over the next 10 years. Who's going to have more Super Bowl appearances, the Bengals or the Rams? I understand the Bengals are on the come up and the Rams may have to rebuild a little bit, but like there's, I, there's no odds on favorite in that. No, because the Rams could just tear it down and rebuild. They rebuilt, they, they built this team fairly quickly. Dude, they made two Super Bowls in five years since they right. got there. Right. There is, you have to take your Super Bowl wins, but you, you, you do, you do. I mean, obviously, I live here and, and I read all the local stuff, I'm around all the local fans. You, you called it and you, and you don't even live here. And by the way, I think Bengals fans should be excited. If, they, if, they're, if you know, if you're a Bengals fan, you should be excited. Nobody expected this. I've said that. But Joe, there is this bravado now, which whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. I would argue you're a little arrogant. There is this bravado around the city, around friends, around people in public that they're just going to walt. Burrow's just going to waltz right in here. Oh, dude, there's this guy. I he he's he's like kind of blown up on social media in this Bengals run. I forget his name. I've seen him on Instagram. I've seen him on TikTok. I've seen a bunch of things. He's a guy. He kind of looks like a he kind of looks like a homeless man's version of Joe Burrow, and he's running around doing all these videos. He got a he got a Bengals Super Bowl champ Bengals. LVI Super Bowl champs tattoo. And somebody was like, nice tattoo, dipshit. And he was like, well, the thing about Super Bowl 56 is I can just add an I for next year and then I could add an I for the year after. So I basically have a three year window. And I'm like, bro, the idea that you think getting back to the Super Bowl in the next three years is like guaranteed. Like you are more likely to have a that tattoo removed than you are for it to one day come true you for are. sure. Like just statistically, statistically you are. I mean, I mean, again, people just, they just don't know history. That, that's why we're saying it. 12 teams has never even won a super bowl. That, 12 teams have never even won a super bowl. I know the NFL is not that including old. the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not that old of a sport, but like you would think a city that didn't make a super bowl for 33 years they probably said the same thing. Now, I know this Bengals team is a lot younger than that Boomer Esiason team, but think about that. Think about this right now for, for some perspective. Your drive away. The, yeah, the Bengals team that lost to Montana. Boomer was the MVP that year. So, like, it's not crazy to look back at Bengals history. I bet every person in Cincinnati was like, dude, we got the MVP quarterback. We got thousand yard receiver Eddie Brown. We got Icky Woods, James Brooks. We got a great defense. They went eight and eight and missed the playoffs the next year. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, it really, if you would have gone to my head, I'd say they have better odds of missing the playoffs than making the Super Bowl. Yeah. A hundred percent. And again, that's not a dig at them. It's just how that's hard, not a dig at them at all. It's just how hard this league is. Okay, are you ready for a top? I'm going to give this a top five most stoned call we've ever had. Wow, that is a huge claim. It's a huge claim. And I haven't re-listened to this, so maybe I'm off. But I remember when I listened to this, I was like, I just, I wrote this in the, in this, you know, I'll write like a little note when I listen to calls. It just says stone dirtball ski instructor. Okay.
hey, um, Peter here, Michigan Dirtball. Um, latest podcast, heard you talking about fucking skiing, not knowing literally anything about it. Joe Prano, I know you tore your knee. I'm not even going to talk about injuries at all because if I do, Ruther's going to say something and Ruther curse me into injuring myself again. So, um, yeah, Andy, please don't say shit about what I just said. Anyway, um, yeah, if you guys need a skiing correspondent, I will be the official one. I am an actual ski instructor. I race, freestyle, do the things. Yeah. But, yeah, I'll do that just to make sense of all of the skiing and Winter Olympics, if you're interested. Um, that's about it. Bye. Okay, maybe not top five, but, like, what is this guy yeah. talking about? I, what did we talk about with skiing? You had brought up gambling in the Olympics. Okay. And we had mentioned watching people rack is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I, first of all, I skied for 22 years of my life. Like, I, how do I not know anything about skiing? Like, I don't even remember making any sort of skiing claim. <laughs> I, did, I, did I expose myself as somehow not? Like, what, did I, what do I not know about skiing? What Like... I don't remember being like, oh, it's hard to do this and it's easy to do this or anything like that. Like, okay. But yeah, I don't think we need a court. The, the, the Olympics are over, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I guess call us in two years for the world championships or something like that. It, this might be, I see there's two high calls on here. Maybe this was the one. Remember Mason? Yeah. Remember Mason who calls it from his toilet? Yeah. I saw he called too. Maybe it was this one. Let's see here. I like the high calls. They always make me laugh. What's up, Dirty? Praying over with <laughs> You already know it's your boy Mason from Minnesota calling again. Uh, first off, thanks for the can koozie, boys. Take my second time, third time you guys sent them, so appreciate that. Um, this is, this is it. Whatever yeah. episode you guys were talking about, Nikki D. And like, yeah, when I started listening to the potty, like, some of my uh, favorite memories for sure were off of YouTube. Uh, like that three ball contest you guys had. And he goes to Costco. Some of the funny shit on YouTube to this day. So I just brought brings up the question if you guys are gonna. I don't know what your Super Bowl plans are, but if you guys are going to broadcast a game or something <laughs> on YouTube Live instead of listening to I don't even know who it, who's broadcasting it. Well, I guess Crano's going to be at the game. But, um, <laughs> which I'm not sure what your plans are. Uh, I just really miss that. Maybe March Madness, you could do that instead of Super Bowl. But uh, Okay, well, at least we have something we can respond to. Yeah, now. I just want to know what you guys think. Uh about what? I think the Rams are going to pull it off, but I'll be rooting for the Bengals. Sorry, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I love that his final request is called. I'd love to know what you guys think about the upcoming Super Bowl. If we didn't, if we didn't have Mason asking us, we never would have dove, dove into our opinions on the Super Bowl. That is an all-time. Yeah, that's the one. I marked it wrong. That's an all-time high call. 
I remember the videos like Nikki D, three point content. He's like, I, I, well, did did Mason call from the trainer's room of the California Angels uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> baseball team? Did somebody just shoot him up with fentanyl? He's like about to like go to the other side. He's like, before I I see the light, I'm I see my boy on the other side. I'm about to go. See my whole life flash before my eyes, including that three ball contest with you and Nikki D. Uh, those videos are going to Costco. Oh, this is my all time YouTube favorites. <laughs> I mean, he he sounded like a, like you ever talked to somebody on heroin? You ever seen like I a, just said that? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like he sounded he sounds like see some people I'd see at Venice Beach to be all yeah. fucking doped up on heroin. You fucking Zappa man. <laughs> And, and you know what I loved is that he's talking about us doing a dude. We would never do a live commentary because we're watching the game and like yeah. everybody wants to watch the commercials. And but then we'll do it from March Madness. Yeah. And then he remembered that you're going. Bro. Hey, Mason, just tell me where you get your weed in Minnesota. Mason brings up a good point, though. And I just said, we'll do it for March Madness. And then I was like, oh, but. We're not together, but it brings up a good point is, I mean, are we due for an Andy Ruther LA visit for just, just for some live broadcasts? Oh boy. We'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk about it. Yeah. You can get me out of here. Mason's calls are waking up. Roscoe Roscoe's all groggy now. Can, can, can we, can we play one? I just, you know, we're already on the stoner thing. Can we do one last Sure. Weed related call. Sure. This one's actually about weed. Whereas the other one was just inspired by it. Yes. This one's for Andy. Uh, it's your boy, JT from Jersey. Uh, Andy, you ever take a, take a gummy and go for a run? Because if you haven't, you should. Um, I hit the trails all the time with some uh, THC running through the fucking system, and it uh, feels great, Andy. So uh, try it out. Let me know. Stay dirty. And uh, condoms are for anyone who is friends with Joe. Look at Roscoe. Isn't that a cute dog? Great dog. Hey, buddy. Now I'm not basic. Multi-poo? Yeah, multi-poo. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. I like it. Good to meet you, Roscoe. Just wake. Yeah, just waking up from that nap. Yeah. Um. I w- I don't know, man. I like I've never exercised. Really? No. Is that true? You don't you don't take an elbow and go for a run? No, I should though. A hundred percent. I swim on edibles. I surf on edibles. I used to snowboard on edibles, obviously. In fact, I find that if I take an edible or I get high, it inspires me to work out. I'm yeah. like, oh, I, I should go, I should go for a swim right now. I don't know. I just feel like I like to be turnt when I'm running. Well, you know me. That's what weed does to me. It it, it depends. You know, I, I would need definitely. I would need a, a sativa, of course. Um, but normally, I like to just really mellow out. I could swim. Swimming's different. I'll try it. Swimming's great. I'll try it. If I ever heal my nuts, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, unbelievable. If I ever heal my nuts. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 for the dirt balls, obviously you don't know. I've been battling the worst bacterial infections triggered by jock itch that's ever happened ever to the point that, yeah, you know, we had to watch the seriousness of it. I, I am currently, we talked about pills. I'm currently doped up on for the next few days, which is a lot, 40 milligrams of prednisone steroid on top of antibiotic pills. So they say your body has about five milligrams of this that it creates naturally. So I'm eight times that. Yeah. And uh, let, let's just say, Joe, I've slept four hours the last two nights and you can't sleep when you're on this steroid, especially when you're taking 40 milligrams because I am hurt. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I want to go to sleep, but I can't. Yeah. Does your dick hurt, brother? <laughs> they did. The, they had to give me the first shot in my ass yeah. yesterday. Uh, but all the other ones are just pills. Anyway, that's the hotline. Thanks for the calls. 310-359-8365. Uh, let's wrap it up. Again, Joe is in the Midwest. If you're Midwest Dirtball, go see him. Rosemont, Illinois, tomorrow and Friday. Chicago, Illinois. Both of those... All three of those shows are at the Zanies uh, Club. Thursday, Friday in Rosemont at Zanies. Saturday, Chicago at Zanies. Sunday in the great Milwaukee Improv, a new improv in Milwaukee, home of the greatest beer on planet Earth, Miller Lite. Come to any of those if you're in the Midwest. I'd love to see you guys. Uh, next weekend, I'm at San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival. Uh, got a bunch of shows in and around Los Angeles uh, and Southern California in March. And then, of course, Colorado in the middle of April. So come out to see a show this weekend if you're in the Midwest. And then hit me up if you're in any of those other places about when my shows are. Uh, follow me on all social media at Joe Prano, except for Twitter. Where I'm Fix Your Life. Cool. And follow us at The Dirty Sports on Twitter and Instagram. As always, thank you for all the support and all the great messages that we get. Give us a call at the hotline, 310-359-8365. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. And as always, stay dirty.